Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh, my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Feeling like you have nowhere to go is a scary, hopeless feeling. It's like you're alone in the world, wandering aimlessly. This was me a couple months back. I had recently moved from Puerto Rico and was in dire need of purpose and direction in my life. Luckily, I stumbled upon an internship at DNR through the LGBT Community Center on 13th Street. Made possible by donations to the center, LGBT youth like me are offered paid internships in a diverse field of occupations throughout New York City. Having said this, any donations made help give more opportunities to LGBT youth and help us feel hopeful about the future. To donate, please go to gaycenter.org DNR. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Yeah. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. Today is Saturday, October 27th, 2018. I am Adam Sank. I'm talking into a brand new microphone that is so rich and so deep. I am really feeling myself. Um, we are live. Yes, we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern time. If you're listening on the 27th at adamsank.com slash podcast. So call in and talk to us at 844-825-5367. Leave me your ratings and reviews of this fabulous show wherever you listen to this thing, on, on whatever platform you use, email me with questions and comments and sending your dick pics to adam at adamsank.com. Hey, my last ever comedy show is happening November 28th and 29th, right here in New York City at the Stonewall Inn. Uh, it really is my last time ever performing stand-up. It's not a stunt. I'm not pulling a share. Um, so if you ever want to see me do comedy and you haven't yet, Go to adamsank.com for info and tickets. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page and whatever else you do. Forget everything else I just said. Just do this one thing. Show up to vote on Tuesday, November 6th. Our future depends on it. Our guest today is Charlotte Clymer from the Human Rights Campaign. She is going to talk with us about the hideous assault that the Trump administration has launched on transgender Americans. That will be uh, towards the end of the show. But first... I'd like to welcome my guest co-host today. He has been a guest on The Ass. We loved him. We decided to bring him back as a guest host. He is Broadway star, cabaret star, and just all-around star, Marty Thomas. Hello. Come on, Marty. Come on. Marty. Yeah. Thank you for coming in on this miserable, rainy, cold October day. Thank you for having me. It was miserable on my way here, but here I, I see these beautiful faces. JB is here by the skin of his teeth. <laughs> Poor JB was stranded in Far Rockaway without a, a, a working subway. It was terrible. It was really bad. Like, I, I cried. I cried a little bit. I got panicky. I stressed out. I, I feel like I broke out hives. What does skin of your teeth actually mean? I feel like I've said that a lot of times, but... Like okay, so dragged I feel, by the by, made it by the skin of your teeth. I feel like like when you you know how you scrape your teeth together and you like feel like you kind of chipped it, but you know you did it. Kind no, like that, oh, no, no. I, I think I, it I'm mean... terrified of my teeth, so I never <laughs> scrape them. I never like bite down on a fork. I'm if like... you're listening, call us with the etymology of skin of your teeth at eight four four eight two five five three six seven. I think it means um, you were literally holding on to like a ledge. By your teeth, like everything, there was the last thing that that you were to keep you from plunging was the skin of your teeth. But, but who does knows? Your teeth, does your tooth have a skin? I don't know. Anyway, we're here. We're queer. Marty's wearing a beautiful chapeau. 
Uh, we're all eating very mediocre bagels from Essen. The averagest. So um, average, so basic. I appreciate it. Thank you. So well, much. it's the least you uh, deserve, JB. After coming in here on this horrible day, and just to let everyone know, we had a nor'easter here in uh, in the Northeast last night, which is some kind of large storm. I know that my parents have lost power back in New Jersey. Really? So they are not listening. Not that they ever do. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just a mess here. And uh, so we're happy to be warm and dry and in this studio together. Um, and we're going to talk about some serious shit today, Marty. Okay. But we're also going to talk about some silly stuff. We're going to try to give people some cream with their coffee, some uh, a spoonful of As sugar to help the medicine. Into my coffee. Yes, Amen. honey. <laughs> Amen. Um, we're going to mix it up. We're going to. I got your cream hanging right here. <laughs> we're going to have some dick jokes, some cum jokes, and some serious politics as well. Saturday. So I'm going to start by asking you this, Marty, mm-hmm. and JB actually. Um, has either of you watched? the Austin Wolf flight attendant airplane bathroom video yet. Yes, because you sent it to me and you found it. I was like, oh, he really found it. He really sent it to me. I thought it was trash, but okay. What do you mean you thought it was trash? Like, okay, Austin Wolf isn't like, he's not all that. He doesn't have a big dick. Like, okay, so the only parts I ever came close to fucking was Red. And that's the only parts I would think of fucking because he has a nice big dick and he eats. Who's Red? Red is, um, he's a Puerto Rican. <laughs> Is he one of the Derek and Romaine Cabana boys? Is that who you're talking about? No, I don't, I don't know. But he's a porn star. Uh-huh. And he goes by Red. And he's, I want to say he's on Mucho Fucker. And <laughs> This has been Porn Reviews with JB. Marty, did you watch the Austin Wolf tape? I did. Um, I've been like, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a porn watcher. This is America. Get your face in that microphone. I don't want to miss that. Okay. I am a porn watcher. This is America. I appreciate porn. But I have gotten... Uh, I, I've developed a much higher appreciation for porn in recent years. My best friend is a porn director mm, and that? agent. His name, his like, his porn world name is Chris Crisco. Okay. Is he hiring? <laughs> <laughs> He's always on the hunt. Uh, but we do a lot of you know photo shoots and things of his clients, and and I've just grown very affectionate for a lot of these men who work in the porn industry. They're my friends. And um, Austin Wolf is somebody I've met but don't know super well, and so he can still be a fantasy to me. And I am never going to shame somebody for not having a giant billy club dick. Well, let me just say, I keep hearing about people saying, oh, he doesn't have a big dick. If, if Austin Wolf's dick isn't big, then I'm a woman. It's more... It is perfectly... Size wonderful. It, it, it's got to be at least seven inches. It's got a nice girth to it. It's beautiful. I, I don't know okay, what you size queens want, see, but that's all from, I can take. Coming from a girl who, who has sex with eight inches and up penises. Not me, me or no, you? Me. Mm-hmm. me. Like, I, it's not like I go on the hunt looking for eight inch penis. Eight inch penis just happens to fall into my lap. You're an I, eight inch magnet. Yeah. Like, girl, bring me eight inches or bigger because that's all I feel. And if you're smaller than that, I don't feel anything. That's all you feel? Yeah, girl. If you're smaller than that, I don't feel nothing. I just lie to you. What happened to you? Nothing. My cakes are um, just too big. My sound iPad is, is not working again. Oh, and no, in I any case, so uh, so last time we last week when we were live, we're live again two weeks in a row. Don't get me started. Um, we talked about the fact that Austin had made this video in an airplane bathroom with an off-duty Delta flight attendant oh God, wearing his uniform. Um, when last I checked, the attendant was still suspended but not yet fired. And there was a pending Delta investigation. Um, I enjoyed the video, although I'm not supposed to watch porn. I, I swore it off. I did not masturbate to it. I actually watched it at work. Um, Purely just, scientific. Just for this show. Just so I could give my review. I thought it was kind of hot. The, the version that I saw had no sound. That's unfortunate because I like sound. Um, but the guy he's fucking, I thought was kind of hot. He had beautiful lips. He had yes, a big yes, booty. The whole thing was very sensual. But in any case, Austin, after having deleted the the video and saying, I just want to be left alone, he then uh, accepted an award at the Gay VNs for Best Daddy, which also depresses me because he's 12 years younger than me. (laughs) And um, during his acceptance speech, he said, keep climbing, which is Delta's slogan. So apparently he's not too upset about it. And then this week, he's back in the news because he posted a video of an Uber driver, presumably his Uber driver, blowing him. We have actual audio. This is not made-up blowjob audio. This is audio from the actual uh, tape of the Uber driver blowing Austin Wolf. Hit it. Oh, my God. 
that sound. Now I do. I have to say, I do like the music in the background <clears throat> because it's easier that to suck dick when you have a beat. <laughs> yes. You know, when you're you can bob your head back and forth. I learned <clears throat> that on Queer as Folk. <clears throat> right? A beat helps you suck dick. I really do think it does. Um, so in this video, the ball-capped driver services Wolf while Wolf pulls up his own shirt to reveal his trademark tribal belly button tattoo. And to, he's always playing with his nipples, which I have to say is a turn off for me. Hmm. I'm not a nipple guy, and I don't really. I don't know. I don't really like when a guy plays with his own nipples. There's and he does that a lot. A That's lot. Like his signature That's move. his thing. But to each his own. After a while, while the driver starts kissing Wolf's chest, the video is only one minute long. Twitter went crazy. This is on Austin's Twitter uh, page, by the way. So if you just uh, type in Austin Wolf Uber driver, you can find it. It's also on Cocktails and Cock Talk. Of course, they link to it. Um, and everyone's freaking out. Well, once again, Austin Wolf, you know, this poor Uber driver didn't know he was being taped, and this poor flight attendant didn't know he was being taped. Bullshit. Bullshit. I call bullshit. The phone is in front of their face as they're sucking cock. He doesn't have a hidden camera. He was making eye contact with the phone, and the phone was moving. He was yes. holding it in the guy's face. Thank you. Additionally, anyone who, is, I mean, any self respecting uh, gay, yes, uh, recognizes Austin uh, Wolf. Oh my gosh, what a soundbite. Yeah. So I think people, and then on my, um, pay, on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, people were like, he's a whore. He's trash. He's oh, disgusting. Why are you all, why are you all such against, so against sex workers? Sex workers are performing a job. If you don't want to use a sex worker, you don't have to use one. But considering the harm that's being done all around the world right now, I would put sex workers at the bottom of the list. They're not harming anyone. They're making a living. They're performing a service. Uh, I'm fine with Austin Wolf. I, I've met him. I haven't. I mean, yeah, I've met him a couple of times, and I see him all the time in my neighborhood. He seems a little dead behind the eyes to me, but I've been accused as well. That's not so my business. You've been accused of being dead behind the eyes. Now, the only issue I have, I, it's not a major issue. Um, I certainly don't have an issue with him having sex and using his body to make money or any of that. I, th I think I applaud him, and I think he's beautiful. There's something about the dichotomy of his sweet boyish face and that. You know, big muscular WWF body. I agree. That is a real turn on. Now, he has this about fans thing that a lot of the actors and now like Broadway actors and everyone act has one. Everyone has one now. They're interesting to me because I do know that a lot of the stars um, lure people into having sex with them and film them and don't tell them. I don't know if that's what Austin's doing, but a lot of the videos look as though they may not know. Now, that Uber driver definitely knew he was being filmed. I think they both knew. I think it's part of the fantasy that they know that they're going to be seen by millions of people because Austin's like a porn star. I just think everyone needs to chill the fuck out. Now, I understand you're not supposed to have sex in an airplane bathroom. Yeah, that's the dicey one is like he had sex with a guy and knew that it was going to screw with his job. And then after he found out it screwed with his job, he had I, no remorse. Again, I think the flight attendant was a willing participant. But, but I'm saying for both of them, it's kind of trashy because some unsuspecting airline passenger has to use that bathroom two minutes later and they probably don't want to you know be in a place where two people just had sex pink eye for everybody exactly and also as, as my friend ryan frostig pointed out what plane has a bathroom big enough that someone can bend over and have someone standing behind them and fuck them they looked very comfortable especially and austin wolf he's like a gigantic big, tall man. guy so that was my issue with the airplane video. I don't understand how that can happen. It's that like a luxury bathroom. Was there someone on the phone? Yes, there is. I was just saying. Is it Charles? Charles, Charles yes. from Cornhole. You're on the ask. You say what? Hey there. Uh, according to Wikipedia, yes. Uh, skin of skin of your teeth is a direct translation uh, from the original Hebrew. <clears throat> excuse me. In Job nineteen uh, twenty, and and it's it's. Uh, they're referring not to by the skin of your teeth so much as I have emerged and still have the skin of my teeth kind of a deal. What? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Well, it, it, I have escaped with the skin of my teeth, except the spelling is all strange because it's taken from the Geneva Bible of 1620, oh, which is the first time it appeared in the English language. You know, we don't talk but about the Bible enough on the Adam Sanction. Yeah, hashtag Old, Des <laughs> Old Testament. <laughs> and and, and I, I have a bone to pick with you, Adam. Oh. I, was, I had asked you to 
uh, let me know if you found that damn clip. And so now I find out you found oh, it. Oh, dear. You sent it to JB, but you didn't let me know. I'm you sorry. Found you know, it. I did tweet it, and you can always follow me on Twitter at Adam Sank. Um, but, and I'm telling you about it now. So, um, yeah, if, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. It's out there. There's something in that Old Testament about forgiveness. Exactly. By the yeah. way, I'm not familiar with the book of Job, but I am familiar with the book of Hand Job. <laughs> Thank you. There you. That's why I get paid and zero bucks. Book of Hand Job. And, and pursuant to the uh, topic you were just discussing, yes. some of my best friends are sex workers. So yeah, I mean, mother, I don't like my mother and father owned two legal brothels in Battle Mountain, Nevada. As oh my a matter goodness. of fact, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> the things we're finding out today. Your parents oh, yeah. were were pimps. Yeah, actually, once my sister had gone, I'm the oldest, my sister's two years younger. Once she went off to college, mom and dad were looking for something new to do, and they bought a couple of legal brothels. And where was this? Wow, my parents bought a beach house. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my, I think my parents had better parties than yours did. Did they make <laughs> a lot of money from the brothels? Not really, no. So they weren't uh, like the it, best little whorehouse in wherever. They were like in just, Arizona. just no, average whorehouses in Arizona. It was, it was, no, no, no. It was Battle Mountain, Nevada. Oh. In, they were the in most Atlanta. mediocre whorehouse in, <laughs> in Like Nevada. these bagels. They were the Essen were, of whorehouses. Thank you. They were midway between Winnemucca and Elko. Mm. And if you'll remember Tales of the City. Yes. Mrs. Madrigal was from Winnemucca. Mm. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so... That's, I was not raised in a whorehouse, but my parents bought a whorehouse after I'd moved out and finished my college. And Adam and I weren't raised in one either. We just wound up in one. <laughs> we just wound yeah. up acting like whores. Uh, Charles, thank you for that information and for uh, being our Bible correspondent today. Um, <laughs> and thank you for being our one and only listener when we do the live show. Thank you, Brother Charles. I am enjoying your program, and you guys have a great day. Bye, and sweetie stay pie. Stay dry. You too. Stay dry. In, um, in less sexual news... Oh, no. Rosie O'Donnell is, is engaged for the third time. Are you, do you know Rosie, Marty? I do. Tell me of your uh, relationship with her. I'm a giant fan of hers. I met her doing um, a production of Pippin oh. um, a, a decade or so ago. It was an all-star cast for charity. She's always, always. What was such, she? She was one of the, um, they had restaged it, so there were several leading players. Billy Porter and Rosie O'Donnell and Ben Vereen and Julia Murney and just an crazy awesome cast of cool. people and uh she was super kind to me just so kind to were me. were you pippin i i wasn't i was understudying billy porter oh. and i was doing wow. some of the broadway ensemble stuff uh-huh. and um she gave me this really awesome opportunity to sing at um uh the pilot for her one of her tv shows she was coming up with and it was just a really um it was one of those moments in new york that for me was like um like my cotillion. Like a seminal moment. It really was. I, Rosie O'Donnell was introducing me with faith and with, you know, um, putting her name behind my name. And it really was a, a turning point in my career. And she's always been that for me. That's awesome. You know, we hear a lot of stories about how she's crazy, she's difficult, she's this, she's that. But everyone I know who actually has worked with her, like Hunter Foster and Jen Cody, when we had them on the show, remember JB? They said they loved her and that she was awesome. Everyone who actually knows her or has ever <clears throat> encountered her in a real way adore her because she's intelligent but people are terrified and passionate and intelligent and passionate people are terrified of passionate women well the 56 year old o'donnell has announced her engagement to a police officer named elizabeth rooney who's 36 she works uh, the police officer works in boston she also served in the army they began dating a year ago um o'donnell told people magazine i keep telling her i'm too old for her but she doesn't seem to care that's my rosie o'donnell it was okay um, the two have yet to set a date. The marriage will mark Rooney's first, O'Donnell's third. She was previously married to Kelly Carpenter from 2004 to 2007. Whom I also love. And to the late Michelle Rounds from 2011 to 2015. Rosie's had I a lot of heartache. Kelly. What's that? I love Kelly. Yeah. Because I work with her, but I love her. Did she's you? She's wonderful. Yeah, she's the, I love my wife, Kelly Carpenter. Oh, my God. Why didn't I realize and that? And Ann Steele. Yeah. yeah, you know Anne. No, I know. Hashtag yes. I love my wife. I didn't know that was Rosie's <laughs> ex-wife. Mm -hmm. How? Oh my God, I'm embarrassed. I should know that. Well, in any case, Rosie's had a lot of heartache and trauma in her life, and I wish her all the best. Same. I think she's awesome. I love her on Twitter. She follows me on Twitter. In fact, she's the most famous person to follow me on Twitter, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone with more followers who follows me. I mean, she's that pretty That means famous. something to me. So, um, Okay, now we have some horrible stories. 
Oh, God. About people doing terrible things to LGBTQ people. And we're going to start, where else? In Texas. Oh, yeah. Where a teacher has been accused of telling her classroom that one of her students is gay and that he was only using his girlfriend as cover to hide it. Huh. This is a weird story. The student does not identify as gay. The student identifies as straight. He's got a girlfriend. And this teacher at Nixon Smiley High School outside of San Antonio told her classroom, uh, no, you're gay. This is in front of the whole class. She says to the boy, you're gay, and you're just using your girlfriend as a cover. The kid's father spoke with uh, San Antonio's News 4. He said his son is not gay, but because of what the teacher said to the classroom, he's now being bullied by other classmates. What's crazy about this is that the teacher has not yet been fired. Are they doing a formal investigation? They're doing an investigation. Um, the teacher acknowledged saying it. She has apologized. The father says, I don't want an apology. What's done is done. There's nothing she can take back. This is so fucked up. Yeah, I immediately started to say, well, devil's advocate, is is she admitting that she said it? Is it an accusation that these kids have gotten together and done a horrible teenage thing? But she admitted it and apologized, so... Well, and the whole classroom ooh, heard it. Fire the bitch. She can't deny it. I mean, whether he's gay or not, outing anyone is wrong, wrong. Particularly when you are a teacher and it's one of your students. It is a total violation of everything. Completely agree. She needs to be fired and never teach again. Meanwhile, over in Houston, <laughs> have you ever heard of a drag queen story hour? Either of you? You mean like the, no. the when they read books for kids? Yeah, apparently there are I've these things where, where drag queens read books to children. It's wonderful. Aww. I think it's so cute. But of course, in Houston, a group of anti-gay protesters have begun rallying outside the federal courthouse. Of course. Announcing that they've sued the Houston Public Liber Library over a long-sponsored... Uh, over, excuse me, over a city-sponsored drag queen story hour, which they say violates, wait for it, their freedom of religion. Huh. The lawsuit was filed uh, last Friday by a group who has vocally opposed marriage equality and joined the fight to defeat a proposed Houston ordinance that would have lifted gender restrictions on bathrooms. Um, the library's director and Mayor Sylvester Turner are both named as defendants accused of being recklessly entangled in, quote, LGBT doctrine. The group behind the lawsuit identify themselves as Christ followers, taxpayers, and card-carrying library patrons. Houston is a surprisingly progressive city. Um, they had an le openly lesbian mayor for a while. And it's just, I hear these stories and I think, don't these people have anything better to do with their lives? Right. I just can't understand taking the time and the energy and the money that it takes to just oppose something that isn't affecting you in any way. But what, what do you think is behind that? What do you think? Because obviously they think it is affecting them in some way. And is that a psychosis or is that, is there a real, uh, what's going on in their heads that they think they're being attacked? Well, I think it's the same thing that's going on across the country with everything. There's, there's, there, half the country is being indoctrinated by right-wing uh, preachers, by right-wing media, by you know the Alex Joneses, the Rush Limbaugh's. This is all they listen to, all they watch, all they know. And so they're being told over and over and over again, LGBTQ people are coming for your children. Mexicans are coming into the country and they're going to kill you. Uh, Muslims are coming here and they're going to blow you up. It's it's this it's the politics of hate. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way to mobilize people. If you want to raise a lot of money and win political office, we saw it happen. It, Trump did it and he won. He's currently doing it. There's this quote in Wicked, Timely. It's their 15th anniversary this year. Uh, the wizard says, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of the, the best way to unite a common people is to give them a common enemy. That's right. And um, it was a brilliant moment working on the show that I had a light bulb of, oh my God, that's why wars get started. Yes. And that's why villains get created. And I've had like little moments of wondering if this dude that uh, is sending all the bombs to the, the nice friendly Democrats, is he just like some zealot that they just sort of found and decided he was the one that they were going to. I think he was probably, I think he was probably a lone wolf, but regardless, he was inspired 
by Donald Trump's hateful rhetoric, by his constant attacks on the media in general and CNN specifically, by his constant demonization of his opponents, people pay attention to this. They when keep the introducing him as former stripper, by the way. Yeah, he's a male stripper, that guy. Former yeah. male stripper. Yeah, he was. And like a bodybuilder, which is very gay. Very gay thing. Extremely gay. I wonder if he's not like, and he lives with his mother, and he's not married. I wonder if he's like some, you know, furious closet case, and all of his rage about being gay has been turned outwards. But the point <laughs> is, oh, I'm, you're absolutely right. Wicked, one of the reasons I loved Wicked so much is because I saw the entire show as an analogy to the war on terror. I which, agree. Which was in its height when Wicked came out. In fact, it, it, I thought Stephen Schwartz was almost prophetic because things got worse after Wicked came out than, than what he was describing. But it's true. It's like define an enemy and it has to be an enemy that like is sort of amorphous, you know, like gang members. Like we're, we're going to get these Mexicans because they're gang members. How many of us know gang members? How many of us can, can go, oh, look, that guy's a gang member. It's I've a, seen a gang it's like It's like saying like the boogeyman or monsters. JB just raised his yeah, head. Yeah, I know some gang members. That's because I live in, <laughs> I live, it was, I lived in Brooklyn and other places. Are there gang members in Far Rockaway? Uh, I think they try to be. But well, it's not. far. It's, it's, it's too yeah. far to be a gang member. <laughs> by the time they far. get, it's by the commute. time they get to where they're going, it's like the action's it's already real. gone down. How do you have a gang that far out? Um, you know, it, Gregory Maguire in the novel of Wicked, it went even further to talk about exactly what you're bringing up. But as far as like the drag queens in the library. I got to say, on the flip, if you had told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that a drag queen would be allowed in a public library, I would have said, you crazy, boo. Oh, so, I think it's so cool what's happened with progress. drag. Because of RuPaul's Drag Race, you have millions of kids watching that show. Who aren't afraid. And that, Right. And not only are they not afraid, but they see drag for what it is. Drag is hilarious. Yeah. Drag is, is joyous. It's silly. It's like watching a bunch of clowns. If, you, if you're not upset by a clown reading to your kids, you shouldn't be upset by a drag queen. They're not reading like, you know, once upon a buttfucker. They're, they're reading Yet. children's, <laughs> which by the way is the name of my upcoming memoir. <laughs> if you write it, they will come. <laughs> they're reading children's books uh -huh. and the kids don't even know that they're not women the kids just think it's a big colorful woman with crazy makeup and hair and costumes I it's don't so, know kids so are so harmless. much smarter than we were I think they do know and is it that wrong that they know oh there's a grown man who's in a costume playing a character even right even if they do know that where's the harm I don't see the harm and like even DragCon has a, a kids area they have a bouncy house as well they DragCon should. to welcome in kids and families yeah. I think it's great. I've heard people have sex in the bouncy house, but uh, no, I'm in just that bouncy I, just, house? I just made that up. Oh. Um, I was just. <laughs> now I'm going to rent a bouncy house because now that's oh! all I want to think about. <laughs> um, speaking of which, one of RuPaul's uh, former queens, Tatiana. I love her. Found herself in Twitter jail after lashing out at conservative commentator slash troll Tommy Lauren. You know, I Tommy Lauren. I hate her. This happened a couple weeks ago when uh, Taylor Swift tweeted out her support for Democrats, which was awesome, by the way. She got like 80,000 new voters registered. Uh, after that, conservative commentator Laren, uh, winner of Queerty's second, personal, second Worst Person Alive Award, attacked Swift saying, Taylor, you're wrong. Let's be clear. I'm not with Taylor and I'm not with Kanye. I'm not for celebrities that pop off shit they don't understand, period. So Tatiana defended Swift and said... But wait, you dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> I already love it. Wasn't Donald a fucking reality star? Aren't you out here to become a fucking celeb, trash-ass bitch? <laughs> Oops. I tried to hit the shade thing, but instead I spilled my shade. coffee. Shade. Thank you. Thank you, JB. Um, Laren's attacked. Uh, the tweet violated Twitter's anti-bullying policies, and Tatiana found her account suspended shortly thereafter. She later posted about landing in Twitter jail via her Instagram account, uh, her account has since been reactivated. It's a long history of conflicts involving, it's part of a long history of conflicts involving Laren, known for her incendiary rhetoric and anti-LGBTQ news. I have to say, I am a little more careful these days about calling people names on Twitter. I will, I will give my opinion, as we know, with the whole Todrick Hall fiasco from last week. Um, <laughs> but the only person I'll actually call uh, names is Donald Trump. I regularly call him a piece of shit. Uh, an Daily. asshole, a douchebag, a monster, a, 
Nazi and so forth. And somehow I haven't been suspended for that. I called him a human litter box this morning and didn't get <laughs> suspended. That seems appropriate. <laughs> well, speaking of Trump and uh, anti-gay rhetoric, owners of several gay bars in Nashville have reported that an uh, anonymous sources have sent them pro-Trump flyers. Each flyer features the letters LGBT over images of the Statue of Liberty, a beer bottle, an assault rifle, and Donald Trump. This sounds like one of those SAT questions, like, what do the Statue of Liberty, a beer bottle, an assault rifle, and Donald Trump have in common? Tommy Lahren! <laughs> which, which of these things doesn't belong? Um, this is actually not funny, though. This is scary, especially with what, what we just saw this past week. Um, at least four gay bars in Nashville have gotten the flyers. It's got the Trump MAGA slogan on the reverse side. Police have traced the return address on the flyers to a vacant lot. They've yet to identify the senders. We're going to be seeing more and more of this. We have a, um, we have a white supremacist in the White House, someone who not just is okay with, with hateful rhetoric, but actually drives it, mm -hmm. encourages it, spreads it for his... And the, the sickest thing about Trump is I don't even know that he believes in any of this. I think he just loves the rush he gets from having millions of people cheer when he says shit and show up at these hate rallies. I, I don't think Trump cares one way or the other about any social issue. Trump only cares about Trump. But he's realized that he can be incredibly effective and have millions of fans, quote unquote. Cult. He's got a cult. He's got a cult. I think he really likes being a cult leader. And, and long after he's gone, we're going to have to deal with all of them. Because I believe the children of the future teach them hate and they will lead the way. He has, I mean, what we're seeing right now is going to have a ripple effect like a tsunami. You're going to feel the after effect of children who saw him encourage their parents to be horrifying human beings, and they're going to learn it's okay, the president. I mean, there was that news story about that guy who uh, got he kicked off of a plane woman. for groping a woman, and mm -hmm. he quoted, the president said it was okay. Yep. And there are so many stupid people in the world that believe that if the president says something, it's cool. And we've never seen this before. You know, even with the worst of our presidents, even Nixon and Reagan and, and let's not forget and, Bush, and the two Bushes, they were they they spoke at least in a decent way. They were their dignified. actions were not decent. But yes, they they were dignified. They they stayed away from overtly hateful or negative statements. Um, they did not sig uh, single out groups. They didn't single out Democrats. They didn't single out people of color. Their policies were racist as fuck, and they hurt a lot of people. But at the very least, they set a civil tone. They and, had diplomacy. And for the first time ever, we basically have a thug. We have, we have a, a mob boss in the White House. And that sets the tone for the entire country. And that's why you have all these people, you know, uh, going on racist tirades and anti-gay tirades in public, being videotaped because they feel empowered now. They feel like, I can do this because the president says it's okay. And who's going to stop me? If nobody stops him, who's going to stop me? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we think of Canada, at least I do, as being a much more gentle, friendlier place than the United States. But yeah. in a uh, Canadian village called Chipman in New Brunswick, population 1,104, the village council flew a... A rainbow flag during its observance of LGBTQ Pride Month, which is great. But then, a couple weeks ago, they flew a straight pride flag. According to the mayor, Carson Atkinson, they recognize, accept, and respect the rights of individuals under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. In other words, they were trying to be inclusive by recognizing the pride of heterosexual citizens. Um, of course, Gay people and others in the area found this offensive because there's no such thing as straight pride. <laughs> there's just Monday. Just like there's no such thing as white pride. Um, to anyone who may be confused, when you celebrate LGBTQ pride, we're not saying we're proud that we're LGBTQ. We're saying we're proud that we have survived. Amen. That we are alive against all odds. Yes, queen! Thank you. So... You're, you're misunderstanding when you say, well, I'm proud to be straight. No, you're not. No, you shouldn't be. I'm not proud to be gay. I'm proud that I belong to a community that has survived. Do you know what I thought? Here's what blew my mind. I found out what's older. Straight privilege is being able to date while in high school and junior high. Oh, yeah. 
That's Which, awesome. by the way, they are now. I mean, my nephews who are like 12 and 14, they have openly gay, openly trans kids in their school and everyone's cool with it. But that is brand new. Right. So meanwhile, it turns out that this one man, Queer T calls him grumpy old man. He's responsible <laughs> for the straight pride uh, uh, flag. His name is, let's see, uh, Glenn Bishop. And he's the man who originally asked the Chapman Council to fly the flag. So now he's considering legal action for having his flag removed because they took it down after the outrage. Here's a little bit of what he had to tell local TV there. I'm very disappointed. Why should I not be allowed to fly my flag? That's, that's disgraceful. This is, this is disgraceful. This is discrimination against straight people. I What's love that voice. <laughs> I, I can't believe this. Why are they taking down my straight flag? Where are the lucky charms? <laughs> I know, right? He sounds kind of Irish. Um, what does a straight flag look like, for starters? Um, it's a good question. Let me see if there's a... I, I didn't really see a picture of it. I think it features a, a picture of Burt Reynolds. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I've had this conversation with my mom before about how she just wishes I would be a whole lot less gay on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And, you know, it's like a, a mind your own business kind of thing. And oh, she's it's like, kind of well, ugly, the flag. It's a black and white flag. That's with what it is. And female. Oh, yes. gross. It's hideous. Yeah. In other words, we're because we're the rainbow. They right. have no color whatsoever. <clears throat> They're black and white. It, you know what it looks like? It looks like a prison uniform. Yeah. Yes, exactly like a prison uniform. Prison pride. Time. Uniform. You should just be happy that you don't have to have a pride parade, that you don't have to cunt to remind yourself cunt. that you're <laughs> you don't have to remind you can't yourself. say cunt, Marty. I know. I'm this sorry. This is a civil broadcast. I apologize to the Old Testament and Brother Wait, Charles. Only I can say cunt. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um meanwhile, in a number of American cities, they still have these uh sting operations going on where they basically try to catch gay men having sex in public places. I do that. Well, you try to catch them for your own purposes. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to catch them so you can join in. Collect them all. Not so that you can... Um... Pokemon. <laughs> exactly. Pokemon. Uh-oh. My, my soundboard went down again. Oh! There we go. That's Marty. No, so... Um, That's from my new album. So what's happening, though, is that at least for now, in cities where they have these gay sting uh, operations, they're being overturned. <clears throat> Um, by the, the local judges and the local courts, and let's hope that that continues. In San Jose, uh, the city just settled a lawsuit with five men who were discriminated against. When police arrested them, um, they were charged with lewd conduct after being caught. This happened way back in 2014, 2015, in a public park called Columbus Park, which I guess is a cruising area. Um, the city... Uh, in 2016, a judge dismissed the charges against the men after determining that police violated their equal protection rights by practicing selective discriminatory enforcement. In other words, they're never busting straight people for having sex in the park. They're only busting gay guys. Um, so five of these guys joined a federal lawsuit last year. Um, uh, Under the settlement, the city also must meet a November 12th deadline to provide their attorney with a five-year list of other individuals who were arrested at, at the, uh, by the San Jose Police Department pursuant to undercover sting operations. You know, my thing is that we have serious uh, shit happening all over this country, like bombs being planted and possible terror attacks, mostly by the right wing, and rape and murder. And is this really what we need to be policing? What harm is happening if a bunch of guys are having sex with each other in a park? Seriously. Well, I, it depends on the time. As long as it's not daytime with children, I'm okay with that. Would you have sex if you saw a child <laughs> in the background? I mean, no one's going to have sex where there's ch when there's children around, where, uh, where they can be no one. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't say no one. Don't say no one. Don't say no one. There are people. If you're talking about pedophiles. Well, no, I'm not talking about pedophiles who have sex children. It's like they could just be into the moment and they have no place to go and they decide to go in the park without realizing that there's children on there. I'm just that. I think I'm playing devil's advocate. I a think, bit, at, right listen, now. I agree though. It'd be best if people had sex in the privacy of their own homes. Right. Yes. But we know that the gay, gay male community, anyway, has a history of public sex because for so many years we were not allowed to have sex anywhere else and there was no other way you could meet a gay person. And nowadays there are still people who are deeply closeted 
who, for one reason or another, fear going to a gay bar or getting on a gay app. And so this is where they go. I'm not saying they should be there, but really, I, I, I think to, to have detectives hiding in the bushes undercover. to, And then oh, no, what happens is, yeah, and then they release lot. their names to the media, too. Listen to what that's happened. That's the problem. Listen to what happened in Florida. In Hollywood, Florida, <laughs> there was an, an adult theater called The Pleasure Emporium. Sounds great. A judge there has dismissed charges against two gay men arrested earlier this year at another sex sting operation at the Pleasure Emporium. <laughs> On July 26th, Hollywood PD raided a gay cruising hangout and arrested eight men allegedly caught masturbating in a private back room. Oh! <laughs> That's actual audio. Um, wait, this gets better. And two others were accused of performing oral sex on one another. The, the police department then sent the men's photos and names to the media. Bullshit. And many media outlets happily blasted the men's identities out in the press. One man said he was outed and fired from his job as a result. Of course. The judge in the case noted that the Pleasure Emporium has several layers of barriers in place to keep unsuspect, unsuspecting patrons away from the sexual activity. Um... An attorney says we are quite pleased with the court ruling and justice was appropriately served. Their guilty pleas will be thrown out. But, you know, again, the damage has been done. Why on earth do their names have to be released to the media and photos? That's how my hometown is. If you get so much as a, a speeding ticket, they put your name and like, you know, everything about you in the paper. But everything you do, it's really wild. It's a shaming situation. Yeah, we have that too. But I think they... I think there should be some sensitivity when it's a, a something like this, which is a victimless crime, and you know that you are going to be profoundly affecting these men's lives by releasing them. You know, if you release that, like, uh, well, I guess you're hurting everyone. And when you say that, like, so-and-so robbed a store and you release their name, you're, I, I don't know. Why do we need to know? It is I think, weird. I think it's outdated. It's an outdated process of trying to shame people and hold people accountable. Yeah, it's public and shaming. It's I public feel, shaming. I feel it's need to know for a robbery, like if someone does do, someone does rob in your neighborhood, you like to know who it is and what's it about. But for low-level crimes, I don't need to know who they are. Like those blurry pictures that are at the deli counter, like, oh do God. not let this man in. Yeah. like He let, stole a beer. Let me know who that is because he might pickpocket me. So I right. see, so I know. So I'm oh, okay. Staying or this whole this whole um, uh, trend of posting video of uh, hate hate of hate crimes in grocery stores and things of people attacking uh, minorities. Yeah, well, that we like. We like. We're that. in favor of that, actually, JB. But right before you do that, I just want to play this because it dovetails exactly to, with what Marty just said. So, Nisi Nash, hilarious comedian, Lover. has released a new video um, for people who. For <laughs> It's a hotline for racists when they uh, are suddenly fearful because a black person is doing something normal in their life. Uh-oh. She says, don't call the police. Instead, call 1-844-WYT-FEAR. <laughs> here's, uh, here's part of the, uh, the commercial she released. Not for a charcoal grill. No charcoal grills are allowed. You're scared. Please leave me alone. You're white. African-American. <laughs> um, illegally selling water without a permit. But with cell phone cameras and social media, calling 911 on your black or brown neighbors just isn't what it used to be. Hi, I'm Nisi Nash, actress, inventor, and advocate for not calling 911 on black people for no goddamn reason. I'd like to introduce you to a radical new product that will save you all the headaches of being filmed and outed as a racist douche. It's called 1-844-WHITE-FEAR, and it's revolutionizing the way racist white people cope with black people living life near them. 1-844-WHITE-FEAR, there's a black guy outside my neighbor's house and he's walking around. Our experienced staff have been living while black in America their entire lives. Darren here is a former Obama aide who had the cops called on him for moving into his new apartment. Yes, that is and that actually is true. It's so true. She, she shows like a like kind of a switchboard room with all these black people taking calls. But this guy, Darren, really did work for the Obama administration and really was reported to the police while moving. He was like packing up a moving truck and someone called the cops and said he was stealing furniture. But what do you even do with that? Like, at, what do you even do with the fact that he was, uh, what do you say to this person who called in and said there's suspicious activity? 
I mean, in most cases, the police will come out. That's the thing. And then, and then you're risking people's lives because black people get shot all too often for absolutely no reason by cops. We know this. Right. And that's why, I mean, Nisi's putting a really funny spin on this, but the issue is serious as hell. That's what she's got to work with. She's a comedian, so I guess... I love it. I think it's so brilliant, and I think that um, this is a case where shaming is a good thing, right? I think people should be shamed when they act ridiculous and put people's lives at risk and, and, you know, escalate a situation that isn't even a situation. Not a victimless crime. There's the difference. Right. We had one, I was going to do this story last week, but we ran out of time. We had uh, this one in New York City here named Corner Store Caroline. You know how they all are given these names, like Permit Patty and... She was the one from the deli? She was the one from a corner store deli. No, she was a cor- it was a corner store, like a 99 cent store. Okay. <clears throat> she was facing the cash register. A nine-year-old black boy and his mom walked by. The black kid had a backpack on. The backpack lightly brushed her butt. She called the police and said he had sexually assaulted her. And they showed the receipts. Even after surveillance video proved that he didn't touch her, that his backpack barely grazed her, she still insisted that it happened. And, you know, I, I don't know what, what else to do other than show the video and, and show the truth. Of course, for half this country, it doesn't matter because they don't believe what they see with their own eyes. That's a, an amazing new trend. It's terrifying. Of course, you know, people of color will tell you it's not new. It's just now being videotaped. Right, JB? Hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to prep the, the clip prior to our guest. Uh, yeah. We're, don't worry about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. yeah. We're not going to have time for that. So I want to actually go into our guest segment now. Great. And I'm thrilled that, uh, that this person was available to talk to us because this past Monday, the New York Times revealed a Trump administration memo that would define a person's sex as, quote, either male or female unchangeable and determined by the genitals that a person is born with, end quote. That is some Handmaid's Tale shit right there. Mm -hmm. The memo also proposed a rollback of protections for transgender people under the federal civil rights law. Charlotte Clymer is the press secretary for Rapid Response at the Human Rights Campaign, as well as a great friend of ours. Please welcome back to the ass, Charlotte Clymer. Hey, Hey, Charlotte. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much for talking to us. You're on with me and Marty Thomas and JB. I'm sure this has been a hell of a week for you. It's been a hell of a morning. I'm actually tracking the news for this uh, horrific shooting in Pittsburgh. What's the latest? I don't even know about that. Uh, So apparently a gunman walked into a synagogue in Pittsburgh and killed at least seven people while they were in prayer in the basement. Oh, my God. And when the police arrived and questioned him, he said, all these Jews need to die. God, that's so terrible. So uh, we're tracking that right now at HRC, and we're going to release a statement soon. But I'm just, uh, I'm horrified. And, you know, my heart goes out to all of our uh, Jewish siblings who are watching this with utter disgust. I don't even know what to say right now. I'm, I'm like, I'm so sad that this is happening uh, to our country right now. Can you, um, for for people who are not as familiar with the issue as you are, both personally and because of the work that you do, can you explain what this memo, this Trump administration memo, really is saying and what the impact would be on the trans community? Yeah, so basically, uh, they're in the early stages of drafting a rule, as reported by the New York Times, that would redefine gender as, quote, immutable and unchangeable from birth. And what that would basically mean, uh, from, the, from the point of view of the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, is that you can't do, uh, basically, it, it's attempting to erase transgender people completely uh, from federal protections across the board. Um, now, although there are some things that would remain unaffected for now, you know, we kind of see this as a sign of things to come unless it stops. Um, you know, this would start out with, simple things like medical providers being able to turn away transgender patients. Um, it would spread to things like LGBTQ people not having uh, federal non-discrimination protections in general. Um, and then there's another part of this uh, with the so-called genetic testing. They want they to do genetic testing on every citizen who they suspect is transgender, which is, is not only impractical, 
um, but it's scientifically unsound, as, as, any, as any biologist, let alone psychologist, would tell you. Um, so we're pretty horrified by this. Uh, we're fighting back against it. And what I want to tell folks is that, hands down, the most important thing you can do for your trans siblings is vote. Yes. Uh, you need to vote. You've got to vote. So just get your ass out of the polls. Take just an hour to go vote and do it. How did you feel as a trans woman, <clears throat> aside from the advocacy that you do, just as a human being, when you heard the news, when the, when the New York Times reported it? It's been, it's been a trying week for me, I got to admit. Uh, I, was, I was heartbroken. Um, and I guess for me, I'm just, I'm not surprised because I, I kind of knew something like this was coming at some point. Uh, but even when you know it's coming, it still, it shatters you. Uh, I, I would like to think that with all the problems we have going on in this country and around the world, people really wouldn't give a shit about who a person chooses to be in their gender identity. Or not even chooses to be, but just who they are in terms of their gender identity. Um, so it's been really tough for me. Um, and I've been struggling to get through this week and, and kind of keep my eye on the ball with the election coming up. What I've really appreciated is all the, you know, wonderful, lovely cisgender folks who uh, have come out in mass to support us and, and reached out and let us know that they're not going anywhere and they have our back. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you is what can we who are cisgender do to support you right now? What's the, what's the most important thing we can do? And I, I, that is a great question. Um, so the one thing I want to emphasize again and again is you've got to vote. You've got to vote. I mean, there are other things, too, like, you know, just uh, respecting a person's pronouns and uh, making sure that you're not, an, you're not a bystander, that you jump in when you see transphobia. Those are all very important, and you should do them. But the most important thing people can do right now is get out the vote. We have to get back to the, you know, Congress, the Democrats, so they can pass the, what's called the Equality Act, which is legislation that would federalize civil rights protections for all LGBTQ people across the board. Without that, we're kind of screwed. Uh, and so what I want to emphasize to people is that the most important thing you can do by far, by a mile, is make sure you vote. Do it. Do it. If you have early voting right now, uh, go out today um, and just, just get it done. Uh, it's so easy to go vote. Uh, check in to check your registration and then call your friends and get them to vote. Yes. We got to take that Congress and the Pass the Equality Act. We got to vote. And the fact is, you know, Republicans are much better at this than we are. The Republicans do not stay home during elections, especially yeah. midterms. These these giant evangelical mega churches. <clears throat> A friend of mine was raised in one of these um, very conservative, ultra religious churches, and she said to not vote, they tell them it's a sin. They, they preach that to them on Sundays. It is a sin. It is your God will judge you if you don't vote. That's how seriously they take it. We need to take it equally as seriously, if not more seriously, because our rights are at stake. Charlotte, why, why do you think they're doing this? Is, this? is this the influence of Mike Pence? Is this to placate the evangelicals? Do they, do they actually believe in any of this? What, what do you think is the motivation behind this attack on trans people? I think it's fear, it's bigotry, it's uh, the thing that we've seen uh, all throughout history with, with state voting, right? People are suffering in this country. They, uh, people lack health care. Uh, they don't make enough in the, in the jobs that they have, if they're employed at all. Uh, they are oppressed by a, an economic elite, the 1%. And so what is happening is that they're telling these people the reason you're suffering is because of LGBTQ people and people of color and women who get abortions. Uh, which, of course, we know is bullshit, uh, and it doesn't excuse their hatred, but that's the tactic they take. And I, and I want to emphasize this to folks. Mike Pence is absolutely behind this, absolutely behind this. He was the one who helped co-author the ban on transgender people in the military. Uh, he's the one that's been pushing for um, – uh, he's the one who pushed for transgender to be banned from CDC reports, the word transgender. Uh, he's the one who's influenced uh, transgender kids being turned away from the Department of Education. I mean, Mike Pence is an evil, evil person, and we don't have to wait for him to become president to see what he's doing because he's already doing it. And he's a uh, and so he's a I true tell, he's a true believer, right? I mean, this isn't just political he is a for him. True believer. Um, I, I think that there's also a sense of 
I, I'm not saying that my kids is LGBTQ or in the closet, but I do think there's a sense of some, some sort of oppression. There's there. conflict there. There's conflict there. Absolutely. And uh, this guy is evil. He is really evil. And I, I if, if, you know, folks should be angry. They should be pissed off. You need to validate your own anger. Like you need to allow yourself to be angry, get pissed off and go vote. You know, when, uh, when the election, 2016 election was, um, before it happened during the campaign, John Kasich told the media that Trump had offered him the VP spot and basically told him, if I win, you, all the domestic agenda will be yours. I only want to do international affairs and, and trade. I think that's the deal he made with Pence, and this is the, the fruit of that deal, yes? That's correct. Uh, the Atlantic reported that uh, Pence and Trump were on a golf course and Trump basically promised Pence that he would be the most consequential vice president of all time. And he has essentially handed over the reins of so much domestic policy to Pence. Pence is, Pence is really kind of the president in, in, in uh, the shadow president, essentially. Um, so, you know, people who think that Trump is not serious about this stuff, fine. Pence is serious, and he has the power and influence to make it happen. And unless we get back Congress to keep him and block him from doing this shit, He's going to keep doing it, and it's going to get a lot worse. You're in D.C. You're, you've got your nose to the, to the street. Um, what do you think our chances are realistically of taking back the House and Senate? I think, we have an, I think we have an excellent chance of taking back the House. I think our chances of taking back the Senate are slim right now uh, because we're not seeing uh, enough energy in voting in, in states like Texas for Beto O'Rourke and Tennessee for uh, Berdezen. Uh, in, you know, Missouri from a cast wool, uh, for height camp. All these senators need your support. Uh, if we, if we don't get back to Senate, we're gonna see at least another Supreme Court seat when Clarence Thomas retires. Uh, go, you know, get appointed by Trump. You and think God Thomas forbid, is gonna retire in the next two years? Yes, he will. I, I, I firmly believe that if Republicans win back to Senate, uh, Thomas will retire in the spring. You can take that to the bank. Jesus. That will happen. That's terrifying. So, and, and that's, not, that's not what seriously terrifies me, because it would just be replacing a conservative with another conservative, right? What terrifies me is Ginsburg or Breyer either dying in office or retiring, God forbid. Right. Because if that happens, we're fucked. We've heard... Right. So folks understand that you have to get out the vote. You've got to go vote. Go ahead, Marty. Ginsburg did uh, publicly say that she had no intention of retiring uh, during she this did. administration, which made me very yes, happy. And what a brave warrior... But she is a, a she's an older woman. She's an older woman and in a high stress right. job. She's eighty five, eighty six. I'm praying for her health every day, Charlotte. We have just a couple minutes left. I need to ask you uh, about your reaction to Caitlyn Jenner, who just published an op ed in the Washington. I can't talk about that person at all. Uh, I, and here's what I want everyone who's listening to this to understand: there are so many transgender people who have been doing the hard work over the last several decades to get rights mm -hmm. for our community. I want to focus on their voices. Those are the people that matter. I don't care about celebrities who weren't in our corner from the, from the get-go. We, we have told certain people that this was coming. They ignored us. They were condescending to us. So just ignore them. I want you to focus on people like Parker Malloy, uh, Dana Carone, Sarah McBride, uh, uh, you know, Janet Mock. These are the people who are leading our community, and you need to listen to them, not to people who shut up to the game late. Well, I agree completely, and, and the, more than that, and I tweeted this to Caitlin. I just don't understand how you thought that a president who was demonizing Mexicans, demonizing Muslims, demonizing women, demonizing his opponents was going to wrap his arms around the LGBTQ community and say, I love you. I support your rights. I mean, what I think people miss is that you can't just hate some groups, right? You're either a hateful person or you're not. That's right. And our, and our destiny is tied with the, you know, people of color who are being oppressed by white supremacy, uh, uh, women who, uh, and, and trans men who, uh, need abortion rights and are being affected by, uh, this assault on women's rights in general, uh, religious minorities who are being attacked by Trump and Pence and this administration. So just because you're LGBTQ and white, uh, uh, doesn't mean that you don't have a responsibility to check your white privilege. Uh, uh, you know, sector privilege and not being a religious minority. We need to stick up for these folks, too. Our destinies are tied with theirs. Yes. Charlotte, we love you. We support you. We support the trans community. How can we follow you on social media? 
Oh, well, uh, I'm at C-M-C-L-Y-M-E-R, so C-M Climber on Twitter. Thank you so much um, for being Adam, with us. I just, uh, I, of course, and I love you so much, Adam. Thank you so much for uh, bringing attention to this issue. I love you. Keep in touch. Marty Thomas, thank you so much. We're going to have you back in two weeks. How can people follow you? I'm on Instagram at Marty Thomas Loves You, and uh, reach out. We will be back next week with guest co-host Tarek Daniels and two hilarious comedians, Joanne Filan and Irene Bremis. You guys stay safe. Be good to yourselves and other people. Have a great week.